CannabisRadio.com proudly presents the newest and greatest podcast in the galaxy, The Real Dirt with Chip Baker, your insider industry connection to accurate and entertaining information about cannabis technology, production, cultivation, and everything in between. The Real Dirt with Chip Baker is a podcast series featuring the cannabis industry's expert pioneer growers, venture capitalists, lawyers, and dispensary owners, rolling joints and dropping knowledge about cannabis technology, production, cultivation, and everything in between. The future of legal cannabis has arrived, and we want to give you the real dirt with Chip Baker. Today I have Jordan Segoda from Terpex Extracts. How's it going, Jordan? Uh, it's going very well, Chip. How you doing? Well, I'm puffing on this large blunt that you uh, brought to the studios in Denver today. Some uh, Chem 4 from Natural Remedies. Mmm. Excellent. I have uh, Jeff from Natural Remedies coming over later on today for a podcast interview. Awesome. Yeah, I uh, grabbed some other flour for, uh, haven't really tried much of it before. Man, burn through it all really fast. That's <laughs> some pretty good shit for out here in Denver. I know. Isn't that hard, man? It's like the, the best weed is always goes the quickest. Yeah. Right. I just bought an ounce from them. I got 16th, 16th. Really? Right. Because that's how they sell all their. Yeah, I got weed eight. Mostly. I got eight eighths when I got mm-hmm. my ounce. Right, yeah. right, right. And I, I mean, I like it. I think it's a good business plan for them. But uh, uh, yeah, we've gone through 16 containers in seven days. Yeah. Right. I had to keep it a little slow, but. Yeah. Maybe for most people, maybe it helps uh, helps you smoke it a little slower. But for me, I just, when I got them all, I took them all and dumped them all into a big jar and it's all gone. <laughs> just went for it. Right. Yep. You know, I, I was really trying to gauge it and to see, just to see uh, how, how much I was smoking, how much of it I was smoking. So I go there and I'm going to buy Kirkwood OG. They didn't have Kirkwood. They had a quarter of it. So I ended up with some of Fletcher's uh, weed. What was it? Was it Archive? Or no, it was Face Off. Face I got off Face Off OG. Man, super tasty. They do a great job at that. Might not be the stoniest weed, but everyone we've smoked with it is like, oh, that tastes great. Well, the thing is, out here in Denver, I have a pretty hard time finding you know, flour that I find smokable after moving here from California. You know, I'm sure you know all about it. It's, uh, you know... The, the weed out here just in general as far as the stuff that's available commercially is generally not uh, the same quality that you're going to find back there. But um, when you do find something good like, you know, some of this cam or something like that, it goes real fast. Yeah, absolutely. Man, let's let's talk about that for a second. I know that's not on our topic of conversation, but quality weed is hard to find. Definitely. Definitely. Especially in Denver, really – you know, I was just in California last week for five days. In my time there, just with hanging out with a couple buddies, I saw, you know, 10 different kinds of bud that were better than anything I've seen out here over the last two years. And I think a lot of that is just that, you know, small farmer, you know, small indoor farm aspect that still goes on in California versus, you know, the huge two, three, four, five hundred, a thousand lighters here in Colorado. You know, it's just hard to get that same quality. Man, that, that I think that's a great excuse for people. But yeah. uh, living in Humboldt County 20 years, I saw that people could grow weed on a large commercial scale of quality. You just have to have the quality mindset. Right. If you're thinking about the dollars only, then your quality is going to go down. Def- right? Definitely. I agree with that. Yeah. And really, the market's just all so different. In California, mm-hmm. 
different, you know, higher quality demands a higher price. Absolutely. In, uh, California. Absolutely. It's a, a price ratio. OG and cookies sells for, you know, X amount more than Blue Dream does. Mm-hmm. Out here. It's all the same. It's all the same to everybody. You know, a lot of people don't have that connoisseur mindset. They're looking for, you know, the biggest bang for their buck, the most THC percentage for the lowest price. It's the biggest thing I think right. recreational consumers are looking at. So no one really wants to grow those OGs and dial them in and get them right because it's just not going to make them as much money as growing Blue Dream out here because no one's going to pay more for it. Absolutely. And, you know, I want everybody to know this listening to us that me and Jordan have both relocated from California to Colorado because we think it's a better marketplace to be in. For business. For business. Absolutely. And uh, we are not downing Colorado at all with this conversation, but it's, it's realistic. Definitely. And right? Yeah. Spending a little bit of time in both places, you know, it's very different. But that being said, though, weed is also way cheaper here than it is in California. You can go to a <laughs> yeah. dispensary, recreational or medical, and get an ounce for 100 bucks, sometimes 80 bucks, depending right. on where you go. And it's, you know, not that bad. It's a, it's a B or C. I've never bought the low-priced uh, uh, cannabis here. I have. Right. There's a place right across the street from me. During the month of February, they were selling ounces for 84 bucks out the door. Wow. And they had Triangle Kush and Chem and all kinds of stuff, and it really wasn't all that bad compared to the stuff that's... Was it Greenhouse? Was it outdoor? It was all indoor yep. for $100 an ounce. That's Humboldt prices right there. Yeah. Right. You know, for wholesale, but that's, you know, going to a store, recreational dispensary, mm-hmm. anybody from anywhere in the world can well, go can there buy and buy it. that. Yeah, right. You know? That, you don't have to just know somebody to get it for $100. Definitely. Ounce, right. Yeah, the the here, everyone has many flavors. It is a, a, a numbers game. People often mention it. I got 70 flavors. I got 60 flavors. The problem, however, is the quality and the difference of each one of those flavors. It's a name game more than it is anything. Where in, in I've randomly gotten delivery weed in the middle of nowhere, California, outside of Fresno, and left Colorado, got on a plane, flew to Fresno, ordered a sack, comes to my room, and it is tanker than anything that I've personally selected from a shop. From a shop, yeah. right? Because you have to pre-order it. Oh, what do you want? Oh, give me this, 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 and they'll bring it over to you. So you order it sight unseen. Right. We're like, that's that's completely a faux pas in the cannabis buying world. Right. (laughs) And just incredibly dank, man. Incredibly dank. Yeah. That was, you know, same way when I was when I was just back out there for a week or so. Yeah. Just bring something over, man. Whatever's whatever's good. Then they bring over five Mm -hmm. different things. You're just like, Mm -hmm. all right. If we throw out commercial production. Because there's plenty of huge commercial farms in California. I mean, it's a, it's 30 million people, six times the amount of people that are in Colorado. Yeah. Right. There's, there's some huge indoor, outdoor light depth operations. Huge there. Is there another difference? Is there another reason that it's better? I mean, people out here like to say elevation and humidity have like a really big part to do with it. Right. All the California people come over here and say that. I would imagine if you're growing outdoor, maybe that's something that would be a factor. But, you know, with an indoor fully climate controlled environment, you know, I don't see how that's as big of an issue as people like to make it. It Um, is on the drying because people don't quite dry it appropriately. I mean, I shouldn't say that. It's dried bone dry just the, the way it's done. Yeah. I mean, really, the market 
is I think the biggest is the biggest factor. You know, the fact that better stuff doesn't command a higher price. And some of the big shops that I've been to out here, they're cutting weed down and it's on the shelf at their retail store within 72 hours. Holy Um, shit. I've I've seen similar type of stuff. Yeah, which to me, I've never even heard of that concept (laughs) while I was living in California. Um, Well, I believe in the late and mid-90s, microwaving cannabis was uh, uh, appropriate to get it out the door very quickly. I mean, that's, we used to do that with like one bud from our little basement grows when, you know, you want an eighth here, let me, yeah, we did, you know, didn't have anything to smoke. So you go cut a branch off and microwave it. And that's a different story. Right? That's, a, that's a different story. No, it's all, it is market, market driven is part of it. Cause I, I also saw this happen in Humboldt County that there, there went from, if it was the highest quality, you could sell it. And if it wasn't, you couldn't, Right. And that was market driven. Right. That was the buyer saying, hey, I have to have it at this quality. And that's that's it. Right. Out here, it's really all about price and margin for most mm-hmm. of the shops, you know. Well, see, they're, but they're not they're not the end user, though, really. I mean, they might be buying the wholesale, but they sell out like the customers come here from all over the world. They go into a shop. They are enthusiastic about cannabis, but on a higher level, they're uninformed. And they can't tell the difference between Sour Diesel and Blue Dream. And I've gone to shops here and bought what was supposed to be Sour Diesel, and it was absolutely Blue Dream. It's part of my market survey. I don't right. say anything. I just buy it. Yeah. I get an eight, and then I, like, I go and talk shit to my friends about it. But, you know? <laughs> <laughs> don't go here. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'd never say that publicly, but you yeah. know, to you or someone, we'd maybe chat about it or laugh about it, really. Yeah. It, <laughs> it's just funny seeing the stuff that, you know, the shady guy on the streets did. Now the big shops are doing it and just tricking people, you know. Yeah, no doubt, right? You're right, because it is a street-level drug-dealing mentality to do that. At least you can't short people on, on stuff, though. You got to, you know. <laughs> that's true. They can't be hates. Right. It has to be yeah. an eighth. Yep. <laughs> I guess that's the one good thing about, you know, tracking and all that good, all that bad stuff. Yeah, 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 no doubt, man. Yeah, there's a lot of good things about the metric system. Apples are apples. Everything has to be of a, a consistent number and weight and time and price, right? And that really has always been an unregulated aspect of buying cannabis on the street. Yeah. Right? That's why medical cannabis was so revolutionary to the medical patients because right. they could get quality regulated product to some degree. Wow, man, this... This blunt has lasted forever. Hey, man, you got to fill them up. Mm, mm-hmm. <laughs> how, how many how many grams of weed were in here? Probably like two. <laughs> really? No, you, just, you roll it nice. Mm. It's, uh, you know, that chem is dense and sticky, so <laughs> as opposed to a lot of the stuff that actually has, you know, some gooiness left to it. A lot of the doesn't have the crunch like most of the stuff out here. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Terpex. Give me the who, what, when, Jordan. Terpex is a extraction consulting and branding company. We work in both the medical and recreational markets in Colorado, as well as the medical market in Nevada. We make butane hash oil, basically dabs, wax, shatter, uh, those type of products. This is a company started by me and uh, a couple of my buddies a couple years ago. Um, we were originally all based in California, but um, decided to move out here and uh, get into the, you know, l- fully legal, compliant 
cannabis industry and uh because that was all california where it's just gray area yeah you know not really you know we wanted to make a real business and brand out of it and california was you know it it was uh kind of the wild west you know what i mean so absolutely after you know no security right taking a look at the markets everywhere we decided to come out to colorado since then we've you know worked with upwards of 100 dispensaries both medically and recreationally processing their trim and uh, selling wholesale oil from products that we grow and then turn into extract to other dispensaries as well. So that's the simple explanation. Simple right? explanation. How, how many uh, cannabis cups have you been involved in and placed in? I want to say like five or six. Um, we got a first place in Amsterdam in 2013 for best concentrate. Uh, we got a first and second place in Los Angeles in 2014 for best concentrate and, you know, a handful of other second and thirds and some other competitions. But, you know, we've definitely gotten ourselves a pretty good reputation for making high quality concentrates. Absolutely. Absolutely. So really it, the introduction should be, hi, this is Chip Baker from The Real Dirt. Today we have award winning <laughs> Jordan Segoda from APEC. Uh, <laughs> Turpex. Turpex. From Turpex. That 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 joint's uh, settling in there. From Turpex. Yeah, absolutely, man. You were one of the first people to show me quality, consistent product seven, eight years ago. Like the the market was just no one understood exactly how to make it. And and maybe like five years ago we we met and uh uh, yeah, it must have been five years ago, man. Totally, just 2016, 2010. Maybe like four. Yeah, 2011. Four right, right. You really had the consistency that other people hadn't figured out. You were a step ahead of it. I mean, I think the biggest thing that uh, you know kind of made our brand and helped us come on the scene was a focus on quality input material. You know, the right. big people back, you know, even back then, four, five. 10 years, you know, within the last five, 10 years, a lot of people threw away their trim. I mean, I'm sure you knew people up day. there. I'm sure you knew people up there who, you know, trim was just something you needed to get rid of. So grief, they called it. Right. Not so leaf. you didn't have grief. extra weight on your property or mm -hmm. something like that. You know? The whole making extracts thing kind of came about a lot up there with, you know, people just wanting to turn their, what was trash into uh, something that had some sort of saleable value. So that's why a lot of people were making concentrates. Bubble had been going on for years, though. It yeah. wasn't it, there. There had a market had started to develop, but it was the when when dabbing came. Right. That's when butane extraction really started to become popular because I'd seen it happen in 2000, 2001, people yeah. extracting with butane. We, we you know, I, I used to make it before dab, before I ever had ever even heard of dabbing. Right. You know, Nobody knew how to smoke it, it on a bowl or right. something like that. Right. And, right. You know, that's how we would smoke the oil and you just get super high. Mm -hmm. um, probably a <laughs> shit ton of butane in there back in those days too, but you know. No doubt. No doubt. I remember the first instructions someone gave me or I saw, it, it was back in 2002 and you know you know pack your pipe full of pack your pvc pipe probably no they said don't use pvc okay. use right. lead so you got good info you use lead oh right. 
right. scary. Yeah, 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 right, right, right. And you know, you spray it into a Pyrex container, and then you just go put it out someplace. Leave it like, in the sun uh, for a week. Put it out someplace for a week, right? Yeah. And then it it's a crystal, right? They called it sugar. I think we didn't know how to smoke it. It yeah. wasn't until the dabbing came along that it really made it popular smoke. Yeah, when when dabbing kind of came onto the scene, you know, the popularity of butane hash oil exploded. It's now the fastest growing, you know, segment of the cannabis market. Ten years ago, shops sold, you know, virtually no concentrates. Now, dispensaries in California, I think, are upwards of 40 to 50 percent concentrates. Out here in Colorado, it's about 40 percent concentrates. And, you know, butane hash oil is the 90 percent of that uh, segment. Now, the fancy way to say it is hydrocarbon extracted. Yeah, hydrocarbon extract. Right, right. But And that means maybe propane or butane. Right. Or maybe, yeah, you know, or a mixture of the two, you know, in, mm-hmm. in the can, in a can, you got a mixture of like a can of butane you would get at a smoke shop is a mixture of butane, propane and isobutane. What we use out here now, we have to get 99.9% commercial grade, uh, pure butane basically for the machine we use. I know other, other machines you can use propane or a mix of the two, but the general term for it is hydrocarbon extracts, if I guess. Right. So it's in the news. People are blowing themselves up, catching on fire all over the country trying to do this stuff from YouTube videos. Yeah. It is dangerous. Definitely. People blow themselves up, kill themselves, maim themselves, kill others, maim others, go to jail. More importantly, everyone makes fun of them and calls them a dumbass forever when it happens. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. That, and I guess there's a big black eye on butane hash oil. And because of that. Because of that. The thing is, a lot of people don't know that when we make it commercially, for instance, here at our licensed facilities in Colorado or Different Nevada. story. It, you know, basically meets the same standards that a chemical manufacturing facility has to meet. All of our extraction rooms are what's called class one, division one, meaning that uh, basically even if the machine were to rupture and all of the butane comes out into the environment, it's not possible for there to be an explosion because it's, you know, when we make one of these environments, we calculate the amount of airflow that's needed so that even in the event of a butane rupturing, the lower explosive limit you know, when butane combines with air at a certain percentage and then there's a spark, that's what causes an explosion. The airflow in these rooms is above and beyond what's needed to make sure that that amount of mixture of air and butane can never happen. Right. Also, all the outlets in uh booth, if there are any, have to be spark proof. You know, most class one division setups, there's not even any outlets or anything in the setup. It's just pure constant airflow so that nothing can ever really happen. And I've, I've, I've visited your facility. Uh, it, it vents out the crates, the floor. Correct. Uh, butane is heavier than air. Um, a lot of times when people are having these explosions in their homes or kitchens, you know, the, the butane's pooling in the corner down by the fridge and then, you know, there's a spark in the outlet or something like that and it causes an explosion. We have downdraft fans that suck all of the air in the environment out the floor, basically make it very, very safe to do a butane extraction. It's an incredible looking facility, you know, lab grade for sure. To describe to me like what happens. You have from you, you walk into the door, you show your badge, you, 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 you walk through all of the 
the the prep room and then you, you're at your door. Talk to us from that point. We get to the door. We take the column, which is what you pack the material, the trim or bud in. We take that. We fill it up. We go into the extraction room, the class one, division one room, seal that up, assemble the machine, and then we start doing the butane extraction. We send the butane through all the material, evaporate off the butane and recollect it in the closed loop system. And then when we're just left with the oil, we take that out of the machine, put it onto um, a tray and then put that into the vacuum oven. And then depending on the consistency, whether it's shatter, wax or however it's made, It'll stay an extended period of time in the vacuum oven, which will remove all of the butane. In every legal environment, essentially, the product that we make has to be tested for residual solvents. You know, the the limit in Colorado is 800. Obviously, we always try to get as low as possible. The number 800 is arrived at from an OSHA study basically saying that you can inhale 800 parts per million of butane for constantly and have no side effects. So that's where that number came from right right but uh government Government. yep exactly good regulations you know in other states they've pulled it out of thin air 10 500 who knows where they got those numbers from but uh 800 is is not a bad number and really you know it's it's still very very safe at that level but then you know after it's finished going in the vacuum oven purging getting removing all the residual solvents then goes over into the packaging room it's you know packaged out into grams half grams however uh the customer wants it has to get sealed up. All this is done. We have to, you know, do tracking with tags on every, you know, if we throw three pounds of trim into a column, as soon as that column's finished, we have to take that three pounds in the tracking system and turn it into however many grams of oil it turned into. And all of this is on camera the entire time with uh, the state. All camera. Yep. All math. Oh, yeah. uh, Track the whole time. Even the trash. Yes. Everything. Yep. Everything. Yep. There's no way that this can get into the uh, illegal market or you use it illegally in any way. Pretty much. You got to be doing something pretty crazy and very, very risky to be trying to do something like that. And if you ever get caught, you know, you're never allowed to work in the legal industry again. Yeah, right. So it's not worth it. No, yeah. the, The industry weeds out the outlaws, the criminals, the criminals. It weeds out the criminals. At the end of the day, you know, it's a big market. There's... There's no need to do that stuff if you, you know, run an efficient business the right way. Even with all the taxes and regulations and everything, the margins are shrinking every day, but you know, it's still a great business to be in. It's weed, it's fun, it's great. <laughs> right, right. I know you're doing well. I see you car shopping. <laughs> nah, not, not right now. <laughs> no, I'm, just, I'm jiving. I'm jiving. <laughs> He's got rims on his Honda. Yeah. <laughs> Minivan. <laughs> awesome awesome all right let's take another break right there man real dirt here with jordan segoda from turpex all right well hey on that note let's take a quick break and we'll be back real dirt chip baker and jordan we'll get back to firing it up with the expert on the real dirt with chip baker after this Mindful of sustainable practices and limiting their environmental footprint, Sansal hemp is always grown outdoors, as nature intended. By starting with uniform genetic profiles, Sansal ensures the plant will maintain its optimal performance and yield consistently throughout its life cycle. 
It is through innovative processes that Sansal is able to achieve pure whole hemp extracts and meet industry requirements and the level of quality desired by many of their customers. Healthy plants, healthy people. SansalCBD.com. Improve your lifestyle naturally. Everyone deserves the medicine they need. Aaron's premium CBD essentials and CBD nectar products are made from plant-based organic ingredients, grown and processed in the United States. Our unique formula of coconut oil and coconut water, infused with CBD oil, is ideal for all skin types and provides maximum relief. Aaron's Essentials was formulated by 9-11 first responder and stage 4 cancer survivor Aaron Sieber. As a cannabis connoisseur, Aaron began making and using his own lab-tested medicinal cannabis products to help relieve the side effects of his rigorous cancer treatments. Visit www.cannosaurbrands.com for more information on Aaron's Essentials and learn how you can pay it forward. That's C-A-N-N-A-I-S-S-E-U-R brands.com. Do you want to get in on the booming cannabis industry? With new Frontier Data, we give industry insiders the power of big data analytics to help navigate this rapidly growing and changing landscape. New Frontier's tools help you make critical decisions based on the facts. Our industry analyst reports reveal the best opportunities. Our custom research engagements deliver answers to the most difficult questions. And our cutting-edge big data platform, Equio, puts real-time information and answers you need right at your fingertips. Go to www.equio.io and sign up for your free membership today. That's eqio.io to sign up now. The power of real-time big data is now in your hands. Run with New Frontier and let us help you conquer the wild. Keep your cannabis cravings under control. Feed your mind with CannabisRadio.com. Time to get all the insider cannabis industry secrets straight from the mouths of the OG weed pioneers on The Real Dirt with Chip Baker. This is The Real Dirt with Chip Baker. That blunt finally went out. I'm about to light another one now. Tell tell me about your first uh, cannabis experience. My first cannabis experience, I was 15, I want to say. and um, Far too young. I don't know, man. I was a little bit of an anomaly, so. I think I might have been 13, also far, far too young. But, yeah, I was 15. I was with uh, a buddy of mine from my hockey team. He was just like, hey, you want to smoke some weed? I was, sure. I don't know whether it was peer pressure or what, you know, made what you know made me decide to do it but i think it was probably because i had some friends who had been doing it who had you know been trying it lately and they were really like like, dude it's great man so fun right (laughs) so anyways i uh tried it smoked a blunt over at his friend's house uh that guy's now in prison for murder um what were you listening to (laughs) you know you had some music on I don't know, man. It was it was really weird. We were in like we we were at like his dealer's house, basically. You know what I mean? Which was on the west side of Columbus, kind of in the hood. You know, Ohio. They're, yeah, Columbus, Ohio. Yeah, they were probably you know, listening to some rap music, uh, if you know something like that. But uh, yeah, it was you know pretty crazy environment. Um, <laughs> but 
we smoked like two blunts and I got uh, super high. Then we went back to my buddy's house and ate a bunch of food, you know, watching funny TV and shit. And just had a good time. Yeah, hit, hit it off. But, I uh, love you, Mary Jane. Pretty much, you know. At, within, you know, I'd say two months after that, I probably start. I started smoking every day. Smoking before school, during lunch, you know. I got Completely into it. Completely inappropriate. I got into it pretty quick, but you know, my grades got my grades didn't get worse. They actually got better, which was I thought kind of weird. So I just kind of rolled with it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So many people fall into it and, and fall in love with it immediately. Yeah, you know, definitely. Cannabis uh, definitely connects something with me. I think it's the same thing with other people. You know, I would say I would I'd be considered someone who would be like, you know, ADD or something like that generally. But when I started uh, smoking, just kind of like calmed me down, mellowed me out, chilled out my thought process. And you know, I've yeah, I feel always, the same I feel, way. I feel like it makes me focus a little bit more. I feel it. Feel the yeah. same way. Yeah, I definitely suffered from anxiety, nervousness until I started smoking cannabis on a regular basis. And yeah. Slowed down, realized like, hey, man, it's not that big a deal. It's bro. not that bad, man. Hey, man. Yeah. It's all good. It's all good. Just go, 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 go on with your day. Fire it up. Yeah, man. So uh, you mentioned earlier wax or shatter. Let let let's talk about like the we, we spoke about like dabbing and 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 technically that's just uh, vaporizing the, right. the the oil up and inhaling the vapor right right it's controlled temperature to do this on a controlled platform right right a million ways to do it definitely you know came on the scene with you know using a blowtorch it's now moving more and more towards electronic devices. E- Electronic nails, things like that. Yeah, far safer. Things that are more user friendly. Right, absolutely. So, so it, it's not just you don't just dab, shatter, or wax. Let's, that's that's what I want to talk about. The, you know, the, all the different types. All the different types yeah. of of extractable cons- and yeah, con- you know, concentrate misconceptions about the right. different ones or the other. You know, right, there's that, a there lot, you go. That's a, a great place of, uh, to start. Let's yeah. go shatter wax. Tell us about what what the difference between that is and what that is. Um, really, it's just um th- the difference is the preparation method used to get it to that point. The way we make wax is we make it into shatter first and then we do an additional process where we, you know, whip it and aerate it to get it into a wax uh, consistency. Mm-hmm. So the big misconception a couple years ago was that wax is bad for you and filled with butane and yeah, right. because it's not clear, it's filling your lungs with wax and all kinds mm-hmm. of stuff. Mm-hmm. Really, it's after residual solvent testing came about, um, you know, the additional process that's done to wax over shattered, you know, nine, 99 times out of 100 basically will lead to a concentrate with a lower level of residual solvents left in it than uh, a shatter. You know, shatters have to be purged and, you know, for a really, really, really long time to get all of those solvents out. And a lot of times that doesn't happen. So a big misconception is that, you know, Shatter is the cleanest product because it's clear, looks pretty, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, people started talking about that on the Internet. So it just kind of 
came to be fact, as many things in the cannabis industry do after rumors start on the Internet. But in a regulated environment like Colorado. Yeah, we've found, you know, through testing over and over again with all the products that we make, wax pretty much always has no residual solvent left in it. Shatter, we had to spend a lot more time and effort on the process to get that product down to the same residual solvent levels that wax has. Mm-hmm. Um, another new huge thing in the concentrate business, butane extract business, is live resin. That's where you take a plant, cut it down, cut off all the fan leaves, and freeze it immediately before you dry it, and then do the extraction on it while it's a fresh frozen plant. This typically leads to a concentrate with higher terpene levels because a you know, fair amount of the terpenes, which is what gives the plant the, the smell and flavor, basically – are lost during the drying process. So especially out here in Colorado where it's super dry and a lot of people lose a lot of terpenes in the drying process, they've switched to live resin because it you capture all the terpenes that are left on the plant when you extract it. We have a garden for Terpex that we take all of the product and fresh freeze it and turn it into live resin because right now that's the most popular product on the market out here for butane extracts. Is live resin. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's great. Great tasting. Yeah. And what people really love right now is the live resin sugar. So it's like a, you know, granular sugary consistency, um, unlike the wax, which is kind of more cakey or the or the shatter, which is like a clear glass. This is kind of like a, uh, you know, like a wet sugar. And that's really popular out here right now, which is funny. To, you know, it's it's we take our whole garden and turn it into it because that's what all the dispensaries want the most. And what we find really funny is that a couple years ago, um, and uh, you know, we couldn't sell the sugar uh, to you know to save our lives. We had to take all that stuff and you know do other things with it because people thought, you know, people referred to sugaring up as auto buttering and thought that that was butane escaping from right. The more more myths and unreality. Again, we've tested the sugar; always comes back with zero residual solvent after it's been turned to shatter and then right. fully turned into sugar, you know, just huge misconceptions basically. Right. Cause it all starts out with shatter and then you make these other products. Yep. At right. least, at least with our process, the way you do. Yeah. It, yeah. Right. So the, you only make uh, uh, butane extracted products. Um, we've done some distillation stuff too, you know, the, you know, like like the clear, the purified THC type stuff. Um, we've done some experimenting with that, making some vape pens. We do that a bit in Nevada. Um, but here out in Colorado, though, you know, we mainly just focus on the butane extracts because that's you know, what, yeah, that's what everybody wants. Yeah, and we, you know, can't make enough of them. Can make enough. That's yeah. great. That's a great problem in the yep. business place to have, man. Just got to grow more. Just got to grow more. Yep. So, so you guys, you mentioned it a moment ago. You do have a, a grow facility where you grow material for extract. Yes. Right. Um, we have, you know, connected to our MIP processing, like, you know, manufacturer of infused products license. We have an OPC license, which is an off premise cultivation license. So we have the ability to grow 500 plants for our extraction license that all have to be turned into um, extract. We're not able to wholesale flour as flour. Everything has to be processed and sold as uh, an infused product. Right, infused product. Yep. Uh, so how, how big is this place? 
Uh, it's a couple thousand square feet. We have 60 lights of flower and then uh, 20 lights for veg and moms. Do you, is it, and that's grown like traditional indoor cannabis? Yep. Um, you don't do anything different really? Nope, not really. Right. Um, we try to select strains that, you know, have the best terpene profile and content that make the best extracts. Um, a lot of the stuff that is super appealing as flower isn't as great to us for extracts for one reason or the other, whether it be yield or flavor when you extract it. So, you know, for that garden, we really focus on finding the most flavorful strains that, you know, people are going to really enjoy dabbing. Right. Dab on. Yeah. Dab on. Got to keep the dabbers happy. So you mentioned earlier that, that, that you're a consulting branding um, business. Let's let's go into that a little bit more specifically. You know, not only do we make extracts here in Colorado, but, you know, we also help other companies that are trying to do extractions in other states get to where they need to be. We helped set up the first processing license in Nevada that was, so basically the first fully legal butane hash oil that was made in Nevada, we consulted for and were on site for the initial extractions with our staff. Same with Illinois, the first uh, processing license that came online brought us out to, you know, we helped them get all their equipment and get, uh, you know, the environment set up for a safe butane extraction. And then we came out and, you know, essentially trained their staff on how to safely and efficiently run an extraction facility. Mm -hmm. Um, We also do, you know, more sort of management and licensing situations too. Like we have a client in Las Vegas that we have a staff member on site to perform all the extractions for their company. And then they also license out our brand Terpex. Um, and you know, they're the legal Nevada license holder for extraction that distributes Terpex products. And and so it's all under Terpex brand Terpex. Yeah, basically. Um, you know, we, we want to have a company that has you know, that's known for having consistent products nationwide, essentially. And so, you know, part of how we do that is to you know partner with whether we whether we get the licenses on our own or we partner with folks um, locally who do get the licenses. We you know want to have a brand presence and consistent products in as many marijuana markets as possible. And and currently, that's Illinois. Illinois, um, they're not doing Terpex products. Illinois is a very small medical market. That was more of a consulting training okay. sort of deal. Okay, in Nevada. Um, yeah, Terpex products as of now are available in uh, Colorado and Nevada. Colorado and Nevada. With uh, hopefully a couple more places coming soon. Every time I bring your name up and the company name up, people's eyes light up and, and say something like, Terpex? <laughs> well. it's, it's a hard-to-get product here. Right. It's not it's e- even in the stores that cat carry it, the dispensaries that carry it, 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 they don't always have enough of your product to go around. Yeah. That, I mean, that's kind of what I was saying uh, earlier about then, you know, wanting to just grow more. You know, the market is going more and more towards wholesale versus, you know, what we were doing before, which was mainly just processing, taking other people's trim and turning it into oil for them. You know, there's a big market for the high end grown to be made into concentrates product right now. Um, right. Cause handled specifically different. Yeah. You, you know, know, we, we know what the end goal is from the beginning. Um, and that really helps, you know, preserve all the things that are needed to make really high quality oil. 
there's, you know, a lot of companies that are doing it out here right now in Denver. And, you know, I'm pretty sure they're all doing really, really well. So are you, are you only making it on a, a buds you use trim? We use the whole plant from the, the stuff we're growing. You know, we can't really do anything else Leaf, with it. We have trim. to extract it. We take anything that isn't covered in um, crystal, basically, and cut it off before we do the extraction. It's referred to as a whole plant extract, essentially. Sure. sure. So uh, you you have your whole plant extract. Um, you you also buy cannabis on the open market to extract as well? Yep. Um, like on the recreational side, we don't have a grow of our own uh, yet, something we're still working on. So we, you know, we'll source trim or fresh frozen buds or buds from other recreational wholesalers. We'll purchase them, process it, turn it into concentrates, and then sell that on the recreational market. And, and you do that contract for them? Is that how that works? Um, no, it's just like, it's just like a normal wholesale purchase. Okay. Um, okay. rather than selling their bud to a shop or rather, you know, or they have to do something with their trim if they don't have their mm-hmm. own processing license. Right. So right. in that situation, we'll come and purchase it from them. Do you contract extract it? And then you contract out specifically to people for specific strains or really, we're just know? always looking for the best stuff we can. Yeah, That's right. always the mentality I've had. Okay. Okay. Cause yeah. I've seen it. Uh, I've seen over time, different brandings, different products that you make it out of. Yep. How many stores are you in? Yeah, right now probably like th- you know twenty or thirty. I mm-hmm. would say yeah. at the most. This is an exclusive, oh. exclusive product. It's high end product. Yeah, I would say our wholesale probably goes to more like you know a half a dozen to ten at the most shops. What is the uh, do you, Do you know what the end user pays or how he buys it? Do you know any of that information? Um, typically around forty bucks, I think, for our. High, you know, higher quality stuff. Every store is different, obviously, with what they want to market up and sell it for. You know, the product we really stand behind is our wholesale, and we usually want to get that out to custom. You know, we we offer it wholesale for twenty, so that ideally our customers on the retail, you know, one purchasing at retail can get it for uh, you know forty bucks or something like that. And that's you know trying to come in a fair amount cheaper than some of the competition, just because we want to sell out every time. Wow, uh, you guys do pretty good business in that small amount of stores. That's great for you. Yeah, I mean, so the less I, I, if we had a you know to grow ten times the size, we could probably be in ten times more stores. But you know, with that comes a lot of headaches out here. These legal cannabis businesses are not uh, you it's know highly it's no, regulated. It's no walk in the park to run these things. You know, you're under constant scrutiny and supervision and inspections, and you know you have to really be on point. Because it's hard to make mistakes even because, you know, mistakes happen in a natural world and they're not malicious. But when you make a mistake in the cannabis industry, it it could could come out to bite you. So you got to really be, you know, 100 percent all the time. Yep. And, you know, the taxes are heavy and uh, city and state licensing fees are heavy and increase more and more every year. Um, So when the more and more you expand, the bigger things the, the more you have the more you know, cost it is more overhead you know and the market is shrinking you know, or not shrinking it's growing the market but the margins i should say are shrinking mm-hmm. when we came out here a couple years ago um processing prices for instance people were begging to get processing for ten dollars a gram now there's so many companies out here doing it the going rate's more like four or five which is you know market cut in half and the, pr- mm-hmm. the price yeah that i saw that happen getting, in the hydro industry as well right? totally it happens in a lot of a lot of industries once all the competition starts really 
But, you know, there's more and more cost of doing business every day, really. And more regulations, more, com- more regulations and more competition and price wars and all that stuff. Like I was saying earlier with the $80 recreational ounce, I would have never imagined that man three or four years ago that I was still paying 50 bucks an eighth for good shit. Yeah, indoor, right. You right. know, that's incredible. That's incredible. I hear I hear price scale all over the place. From $750 a pound wholesale market to, no, everybody pays $1,800. You know, I know people that still pay like 4000 bucks. you know. Jeez. Well, well, you know, I think they look at it as like, hey, man, I'm selling this for $120 a quarter, all of it, right? And that ends up making, you know, the margins on it. It's a small-scale operation. Right, so they don't they don't care, right? For some, for for me, like for someone who really loves weed, it makes me twice. You know, for some, does I gotta judge something on? Am I twice as happy smoking this versus something else? Like mm. I, I like like if there's something that's really good for me, I'll typically pay a little bit more. You know what I mean? Absolutely, I pay. I'll, I'll search out exactly what I want, yep. right, to get it. Yep, that's. Yeah, it's a hard place in the market here because of the consistency of that. Everyone, the vertically integrated market is great, but it's hard to get a consistency in manufacturing per strain, per company, right? The curing's different, the growing's different, the technique's different, the flushing's different, the fertilizer's different, right? And so, you know, I don't know, let's pick it out, bubblegum or... Sour Diesel or OG Kush or Girl Scout Cookie or Skittles will change one company to the next, yep. right? It's it's still really company-oriented to develop the brands. It's, yeah. it's not even brands. It's more like manufacturers because the strains are the strains, right? It's like, you know, Pinot, same Pinot clones grown by a dozen different people. Some people are going to really do well at it, right? Um, you know, I've seen a fair amount of success. I think recently, you know, branding is really just now starting in cannabis and like selling products under a brand name. Mm-hmm. Um, we we're one one of the first concentrate companies out in California to start branded right doing that and like marketing and social media and doing all that kind of stuff. I think it's it's gonna start to play a bigger and bigger role in cannabis very very soon. You know, there's a handful of companies that are getting licenses basically in every state to make their products. And, you know, as that continues to grow all the time and more and more states come online and these, you know, handful of companies expand, those brands are going to really start to have some power. And then that, which is going to call you know, and California is also about to undergo a major change in the industry with regulations coming online. Oh, it's coming. There's been mm. very minimal branding apart from with like edibles and concentrates out in California. Yeah, it's clone specific. Clone specific and just taking the packs into the buyers and trying to have the best stuff that yeah, has right, the best shelf right. appeal. There aren't. And know. that right there, that determines a certain amount of consistency. Right there, when you have a high level of purchaser on the, the the distribution end for the retail market, that creates this, a high level market. And I think that whole process, the way I understand the new California regulations, is still kind of going to happen. 
but the people are going to have to be licensed that are bringing that product in. Right. They have distributors up there. Yep, distributor licenses, all that kind of stuff. Well, California has always been the weed state. It has always been the weed state. It has been ranked as a an international cannabis producer, right? For for years. I've lived in, I've yeah. lived everywhere and that's where you get a sack. <laughs> you know, you're smoking California cannabis and, you know, most whether you're in Arkansas, Georgia, mm-hmm. Ohio, in the past, yeah. right. There's some other states that have creeping in there. I mean, for sure. Totally. But, you know, for the most part, at least when I was growing up, that's what was going on. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It used to be the only place great cannabis came from. You had yep. your local producers, and they were everywhere, but on a small scale. And then... And they're going to give it to the person who's coming in and paying them the top dollar. Yeah, right. Whether that's the shop down the street, mm-hmm. the shop in L.A., or... You know, the buyer who's just going to come up and do whatever he's going to do with it. Right. Yeah, it's an incredible emerging market. I'm really excited to see it happen. We've been hoping and planning and praying for it. And they've they've really done a good job at modeling it uh, after successful uh, uh, other states. And, you know, I think they've put it in the right hands by having it part of agriculture, having it county regulated. I'm really surprised to see over there at the counties that have decided to embrace this product. Well, they're seeing a boom right now. Everybody, Monterey County. Monterey County is booming right now. They they had a Humboldt County. Monterey County had a great plan to say, Mm -hmm. you're not building new stuff on here. If you want to come here and grow cannabis, you got to purchase one of these tons of existing greenhouses, Mm -hmm. which are, you know, struggling basically. Right. Absolutely. You know? And that, you know, revitalizes all kinds of... Yeah. Hey, man, farmer's yeah. best crop is his last when he sells it. Yep. When he sells the property, sells the farm. Unfortunate saying, but it really is... It, it it definitely drives up the property values. It definitely drives up the property values. Yeah. We've seen that happen all over Oregon, Washington, Canal, California. Colorado, definitely here, Denver, Colorado. Holy That's smokes. the example of it. Oh, my God. People if it is paying a, 17 a, to 20 bucks... Per square foot know, for rent, man. and they are paying four or five before when this stuff started. Yeah, no doubt, man. So I mean, four hundred percent increase, man. Five hundred. I, I I saw warehouses that were five hundred thousand dollars when we first got here that are easily like three or four million dollars right now. Yep. Same type of thing, man. You know, just a few years later, it's yep. really exploded. It's really the residential market has a little bit too, but I think there's some outside pressures on that. Everybody likes to smoke weed, so it's you know you're an insurance adjuster in Minnesota, and you're like, oh man, I sit at a desk all day. And- I'm gonna go to fucking Denver branch, and oh yeah, smoke weed, and the winters ain't so bad, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> Do a little skiing. <laughs> Do a little fly fishing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Roll around, get fit. Yeah, it's not so bad out here. No, it's a great place. I love it. So many of the locals say, you know, are against people moving here. But, man, I've been all over the country and the world, so to speak. And and I don't really see life as borders, right? Like, go have an adventure, go someplace, move someplace, do someplace, visit someplace. Totally. You know, stay for a while, leave, move someplace, go to another place. It's great. Yep, I've been all, I've been all, you know. All over as well, All over right? As well. Adventures we are, and, and you know, I'm sure I'll, I'm sure I'm not done yet either. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right, we're gonna break there. Real dirt. dirt. 
We'll get back to firing it up with the expert on The Real Dirt with Chip Baker after this. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now About a game for your phone gonna make you say wow The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash Little by little your empire grows large Put the big celebrities inside your entourage You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Cheech and Chong Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong The name of the game is Hemping, that's the point Download and play while you life yourself a joint Business and cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah? Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. While the feds and state are doing their dance, you still need to transact business and manage your cash. Go professional and let your customers pay with PayQuick. They pay you and they earn rewards points. PayQuick connects to your bank account for free and secures all of your transactions. And with PayQuick, you can pay your producers and processors for free. Plus, it pays to have it because it makes depositing your cash safe and so easy. No cops, no crooks, just compliance and comfort, knowing you have your cannabis business in check with PayQuick. PayQuick, the safe and easy way to pay. P-A-Y-Q-W-I-C-K dot com. The National Cannabis Industry Association presents the Seed to Sale Show, January 31st and February 1st at the Colorado Convention Center in Denver. Register now at www.seedtosaleshow.com or 888-409-4418. The NCIA Seed to Sale Show, the largest cannabis business event to be held in Denver, will host over 2,000 cannabis professionals and focus on innovations and technology in cultivation, infused products and extraction, and sales strategies. The show will recognize the best in the industry with the Cannovation and Canatech Awards. Register before January 6th for $100 savings at seedtosaleshow.com. Use the code RADIO15 for an additional 15% off. Plan your experience now for the NCIA Seed to Sale Show, January 31st and February 1st. SeedToSaleShow.com or 888-409-4418. We roll out a whole concentrate of fresh new content every week. It's like going from the greenhouse to the dispensary. CannabisRadio.com Time to get all the insider cannabis industry secrets straight from the mouths of the OG weed pioneers on The Real Dirt with Chip Baker. And we're back. So, Jordan, what do you consider yourself? A grower, a dealer, or a smoker? I am a smoker. smoker. First and foremost, I'm a above smoker. anything else. <laughs> I, we wouldn't be here talking about anything even related to this stuff if I wasn't a smoker. Yeah, I fall in that category, too. Yeah. For sure. At the end yeah. of the day, you know, I'm always just trying to smoke the best shit. <laughs> right. And you're not exclusive dabber. No, definitely not. Definitely I, not. Flower and dab it. Flower, dabs, edibles, BHO, bubble hash, dry sift, all that mm. stuff. Whatever's, you know. Absolutely. <laughs> hey, let's talk about the new uh, new dabable materials. 
rosin rosin uh, uh clean i don't know even know what to call it but it's basically full melt bubble right ice wax solventless you know really good bubble hash right right call it. Uh, absolutely yeah so how, how do you how do you feel about that stuff is people say it's the future of it like the hydrocarbons are bad or that they don't like hydrocarbons and that's a whole other debate but i mean a lot of that's just people trying to hype their their their, their process you know, stuff over the other guys you right. know what i mean you know co2s had a big thing you know big marketing ploy for several years about how it's so much safer than in DHO. all industries in all industries yeah right. it's right. you know in the essential or, or oil the, you know. industry it's like oh it's better than hexane right right in this industry oh it's better than butane yep it's right. the same you know i'm sure with hydro oh our technology that we use to make this light is so far and above the way they do this even though right. you know it's me you know chinese product right? we're all it's contract chinese product and the means to the end are the same it's just trying Got to it. make something that that gets high i personally don't think bho is going anywhere no absolutely I think, not in a I high demand product rosin and uh you know really high quality dabbable bubble hash are awesome i smoke both of them a lot um but i also still like smoking dabs of bho mm-hmm. um I don't know. I don't think. I don't think they're going to take the place of anything. And I don't. Th- and I think a lot of the information that they're, you know, people put out on BHO to try to sell their product is, you know, bullcrap. We get our stuff tested. There's no residual solvents left in it. It's not dangerous for us to produce it. You know, that's everybody's big thing that they like to talk about with BHO when they make rosin or uh, something like that. You know, it's. Oh, there's no butane left in it. Well, there's no butane left in that wax or shatter either. It gets it gets tested, you know? Right, absolutely. Yeah. And at the end of the day, you know, I really think that you still end up with the most terpenes. Um, with hydrocarbon? With, with a hydrocarbon extract. It You get the most high with the most flavor. Mm-hmm. It's just different processing technique. Yep. Um, yeah, I love the idea of, of full melt bubble, of the rosin technologies uh, because they're so simple, mm-hmm. right? I know people have scaled them up to large scale now. I see, I hear anyway. I yeah. see, I've seen some machines, trade shows or whatnot. And, it, you know, it could be a, be a different beast when that, you know, huge commercial production comes about, but, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, right. Right. it's going to take some time for, you know, huge commercial production of of that to match the quality that you get with a simple hydrocarbon extraction. Yeah. In absolutely. my opinion. You know, I see it. I, I hear this I hear both all sides of it. I hear all sides of it for sure. Right? Oh yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> I hear all sides of it. But I'm in love with it all, man. Yeah, me too. You know, that's that's, that's how I am. I yeah, don't discriminate, you know, yeah. I don't I don't indoor talk. outdoor greenhouse totally. depth. Full sun, yep. y- you know. Yeah, I will smoke dab, it all if it's good. Rosin. I really do like full melt, though. I really do. I it's do, just, too. It's just I, really I, hard to get. Yeah, you it's, know. you know, and the yield isn't the same as what you would get on BHO necessarily. So the commercial viability for most people mm-hmm. isn't there with the right strains, really. I think right. it is, you know, right. because of the value of it, you can actually make more money and many people out there, they're like, oh, I got full melt. I got full melt. And it's like, well, it's this high quality full melt that's dabbable. That's what we're speaking of right yep. now. 
That's, right. you know, I'll, I'll be dead honest. That's some of my favorite stuff to smoke. But like you said, that really, really true top-notch stuff is not really around all right. that much. And this is how it's always been with, with hash. You know, I've read, I've read all the hash books, right? And, and all the stories, all the smuggling stories, all the I got busted stories, like all the history, as much as I can. Because you know, I've been in love with hash since the first drop of hash oil on a bong hit. I had me too. <laughs> Nineteen ninety two or whatever. <laughs> I'm an old four guy. years old, three or four I'm years old. old I'm, back I'm, then. An <laughs> I'm in my early forties. So uh, yeah, now look like young. It's this vegetarian high ganja lifestyle. Yeah. <laughs> hey man, weed keeps you young. I believe yeah. it. But I remember like several people in all of these books and all of these resources have stated something like, you know, they'd go to Morocco or Lebanon or India. And they were in search of the highest quality, the highest quality, and they could always only get a little bit of the highest quality, yeah. right? And the rest was like the rest of it, right? And and that's how it is. There's only so much of it. You have to grow tons and tons of weed, yeah. right, to get the best. And, you know, hash has always been a preferred consumption method for humans until, uh, you know, really in, in, until, like, cannabis growing has taken over the past 50 60 years i don't know really what how to quantify that but. well a lot of it you know prior to that time bud filled with seeds right you know right, it would right, be huge right. fields and, and of male and female plants and right. stuff like that so hash you know, is a packageable just, product you can't just take that and smoke it you got to pick right. seeds out and all mm -hmm. that shit so for them to make it more convenient on right. you know consumption they just process it yeah, flowered cannabis is a perishable product and only lasts for a certain amount of time, right? You can package hash, at least in the past, you know, for long periods of time. I know the modern extract versions, it's a little different. But it's really right? the same concept with some of the processes that we use, like with the live resin, you know what I mean? We, yeah, uh, right. You know, we don't have to dry or trim or, you know, so we don't have to take any square footage for drying mm -hmm. in our property, and we don't have to trim, which obviously, as you know, is one of the most, you know, costly and oversight necessary jobs in the whole but yes, spectrum all, of all, yeah. growing and processing cannabis. You right, know? Absolutely. We sell so many trim machines yep. at Cultivate because of this. I'm sure. Because right. on the, yeah, it's, it's tough to deal with. on yeah, the, and, uh, and So you don't have to do it. Do you? You mechanically remove the leaf? No, just by hand. Just yeah, that's you know, right. Just that, a simple yeah, okay. strip. You okay. know what I mean? Right, just sure. go three strips you want with scissors. Get all the fans yeah. off. Get all the tips off. It's really relatively quick process. You right. Know? Absolutely. Right. Yeah. A big leafing process or big more leafing, ex exactly. expensive than that. A little bit more expensive. Just cutting the tips yeah, off right. that don't have crystals on them. Mm -hmm. um, any basically anything that doesn't have sugar, but still compared to then drying that for a week, ten days, two weeks, trimming it curing it for however long you know your heart desires depending on your methods um we cap you know we, we're a big part of what we want in the extraction is the terpenes the you know flavor so we just extract it and you know in doing that it you know creates a process that's removed some of the you know stuff that was a bit of a headache for us before yeah that that word terpenes so uh, definitely come into cannabis terpenology yeah. Uh, the past couple of years, you you hear people talking it every day now, huh? Definitely, right? Yep. What other terminologies and do you come across in the industry? Slang words or terms? Slang words or terms? Something I ask everybody. 
you have gotten an incredible response over this. Uh, oh man, you're stump. You're kind of stumping me here. What are some examples like, that you've gotten before? Clones as babies. Okay. Right. You know, compliance. Yeah, that's a huge one. Right. That's you a know, word that I've used like way more in the last in, two years. Industry in industry terms yeah. is what I'm asking for. Yeah. Right. Compliance regulation. Yeah. Right, metric, all those terms have come up. Tracking seed to sale. Um, seed to sale is a big one uh, that's thrown around out here a lot. Vertical integration, um, as far as you know, the businesses out here, dispensary mm -hmm. having a grow and you know processing, mm -hmm. doing everything itself. Um, uh, ancillary business, vapes, grow equipment, all that kind of stuff. You know, um, everything that's just like surrounds cannabis that. Uh, Right, some you new know, terminology. Makes work, you know, picks and shovels is what it's referred to as. Um, Other places, right? Yeah, you yeah, know, historically, people, people always say, you know, it's you know not the gold miners who really made the fortune; it's the guys who sold them the picks, picks and, and shovels, shovels or whatever. Right. So the, I get you know get in a being in the hydro business ain't, ain't a bad spot to be. I'm I'm sure just like the cannabis business. Oh man, yeah. it's just like your business. I go to work every day. I'm slaving. Yeah, you know. But hey, you know that's what is. you got to do if you want to make I, it in we anything, both right? both enjoy it. Yeah. And I know you work hard all day. You're scheming it up. You're at the one location 200 miles away from this location or another state. You're on the hustle. That's what it takes. Definitely. Right? The old the old school lazy cannabis grower will not survive in the regulated Definitely. industry. You, you can't, you know, no one's just, you know, you can't wait for someone to just come find you and not Quick, you know, get, make it all happen for you. You right. know, if you don't go out and get it, somebody else is out there trying and they're absolutely gonna get it, everyone. Know. So many people refer to it as a get rich quick scheme. Oof, no, you know, and it is not. Definitely right? not. I mean, not not in any any business, any serious business is not like that. You know, both of our businesses, there's there's an uh, a, a an energy with both of them. They're both growing. Um, the the hydroponic and indoor horticultural equipment supply industry that I'm in is just is exploding right now. We're in so many more states. Uh, no one even knew what shatter was a few years ago, totally. and, you know. And you're selling this in two different states, and you know, like that's a terminology right there, shatter. Yep. Right, and wax, and what sugar. Do you, do you, sugar. Do you call what do you call stuff around the shop? Right, you, that's you know that's what I'm getting at. You know the culture. You know we still aspect. we still ref, you know at the we you know we've been doing it for a long time, so we still refer to it as blasting. Blasting. Um, right. There I'm you go. sure most you know we're not performing botanical hydrocarbon extractions like some <laughs> of the other people refer to it as. When we're in the lab, we're blasting. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Just like just like we always were. Oh, well, whether yeah. it's you should a, come you up know, with an acronym for that. Whether it's right. a you know super fancy machine that costs thirty grand or a freaking turkey baster from Bed <laughs> Bath and Beyond, you know it's still blasting. It's still the same shit. Blasting, yeah, okay, yeah. that yeah, that, there's a great one, man. You're blasting. Yeah. Yep. I actually love that term, but you know I don't I don't think it's the best. <laughs> it's definitely not the best for sure, but you know it's what's what stuck with us over the course of time. So, man, what what's the future? What's what's going to happen? What's happening? Um. To be honest, I think we're just going to see more continued growth of a lot of what we're seeing right now. I mean, concentrates, like I mentioned before, is one of the most rapidly or the most rapidly expanding aspect of the cannabis market as far as 
flour, edibles, concentrates, you know, between concentrates and all the different products that can be made from it, vape pens and, you know, the technology that's coming with that, which, you know, will allow people to be able to smoke discreetly wherever their their heart desires, basically. You know, the future is going to – there's a lot of people working on things all day, every day, just like us, to make the cannabis experience better and more user-friendly and mm – -hmm. You know, I think more and more people are going to keep smoking cannabis. More and more people are going to keep smoking concentrates. Yeah, absolutely. Vape pens. We haven't even really talked about that. Yeah, you know, right. vape pens are going to be huge, you know. They're huge now, but yeah, they're going to be even bigger. You know, a lot of the people in, not my generation, but, you know, a little bit older, love the vape pens because they can, you know, it's discreetly. not going to stink. Their neighbors aren't going to smell it or, mm -hmm. you know, nobody, you know, it's just a discreet way to get high like they want and not have to worry about some of the things that people have always had to worry about, especially if you're in a state that doesn't, uh, you know, legally allow cannabis. Mm -hmm. Right. You got any advice, man? What would you say to some young entrepreneur or young person wanting to like come and come and work for Terpex five years from now when you're a huge multi-state organization i would just say go out and get it um you know there's really no difference between you or me or any other guy who may be listening to this podcast um four years ago i lived in ohio and didn't do anything cannabis related and decided i wanted to pack up all my shit and move out to somewhere where i could and you know the uh i was in the ant you know i was going to do it ant with ancillary products originally selling butane you know as the market started blowing up for extraction, but you know, you got to go out and do something. If you want to get in the uh, industry, it's not going to come find you. There's a million ways to try to get into it. There's a million ways to try to do it on your own. I would just say, if you got a passion for it, go do it. Go do it. Right. You know, it's get getting harder and harder to get into it every day. So mm -hmm. time is of the essence, you know, you got to strike while the iron is hot. Oh, yeah, that's that's great advice, man. But, you know, there's great bi advice. big, bit you know, big business is looming and coming in every day and applying for these applications in other states with highly mm -hmm. political connected people and all this stuff. You know, that's the way it's going. So you know, if you if you know what you're doing, though, there's a place and you can work your way into it, or you know, do what you want. You know, you, you know, th th there's plenty of job opportunity and just opportunity in general in the cannabis and ancillary to cannabis industries right now more than ever. So wouldn't wait for it if that's what you're uh, wanting to do. Awesome, man. Go out and get it. I yeah. love it, dude. I love it. I believe it too, man. You want something, do it. Yeah. There's not, Absolutely. there's literally nothing stopping you. That's, you know, that's why you start a new business. Every time I talk to you, it seems like, um, <laughs> I know I'm, I, I, I'm, right I'm doing the same Great. pretty much. So power it's you, on, it's what you got to do. You got to go get it. Awesome, man. Well, let's uh, fire up another one of them blunts and call this show over. Right on, man. Sounds good. <laughs> Thanks, Jordan. Have a good one, man. Thanks for having me. This has been The Real Dirt with Chip Baker. I'd like to thank all of our guests for participating in this fun project. Thanks for sharing your stories and bringing your weed. A huge thanks go to Canacraft. They're leading the way in medicinal cannabis throughout California. I'd also like to thank Cultivate Colorado, for providing all of your hydroponic and horticultural equipment needs throughout Denver and the surrounding galaxies. Hope you enjoyed listening, and I just wanted to thank out to all the people that helped contribute to the dirt. Thanks, Willow. Thanks, David. Thanks, Lisa. Thanks, Chris. 
Thanks, Jess. Thanks, Michael. Thanks, Hollis. And to all my guests. Thanks for being part of The Real Dirt. Digging it up. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.